Hi, Sophia. Welcome back, everybody. We Hi. have we have a very exciting episode planned, but before we got into that, we just wanted to, I guess, put our two cents in on some recent things that have been happening in Canada. Yes. So for those who don't know, over the last couple weeks, months, they've been finding hundreds of Indigenous children buried in closed residential schools all over the country. Yes, this is something that... Um... I feel like as a country, we've been reckoning with a lot more. Um, and we know that like, even though we, we have found hundreds, for sure there's thousands. There, there was a genocide and there's still lasting trauma from that that we as a country are trying to reconcile with right now and become better allies during. So for this week, we're going to be putting some, uh, some sources, some calls to action and the links to this week's episode. I know Sophia and I are going to be taking some action against this because this is something that never should have happened and that was something that we Canadians today have to deal with. Absolutely. So we're going to be including um, different um, Indigenous-owned bookstores in our link. Uh, There's some really good ones and I myself have placed a few orders from Good Minds, uh, which is an um, Ontario-based bookstore. And we're also going to be placing a link to um, the Indigenous course offered through the University of Alberta that's taught by an an Indigenous professor, which uh, really takes the time to go in depth and teach you about all the things that happened and how you can kind of do better. Yeah, but other than that, we've just prepared a little something that we wanted to share with you. Um, And, you know, I guess we should have said trigger warning earlier because this is a pretty heavy topic, Um, but it's important to think about, especially after Indigenous Uh, History Month, which just happened, and the fact that Canada Day is uh, this month. And, you know, that's... I definitely think this year uh, all of us should re-examine what it means for us to be Canadian and what that history is built on and the lives that have been ruined in that process. Yeah, absolutely. So we acknowledge that Kitchener-Waterloo, which is where we reside, is situated on the Haldimand Tract, land that was granted to Haudenosaunee of the Six Nations of the Grand River, and are within the territory of the neutral Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. We acknowledge that a land acknowledgement is not enough, and that we are committed to decolonizing our relationship with the land and listening to Indigenous peoples to understand how we can help. There were 215 unmarked graves of children discovered in Kamloops, British Columbia, at one of the largest residential schools operating in the country. There were 751 unmarked graves of Indigenous children found at a former residential school in Saskatchewan. The last residential school in Canada operated until 1996. This is not something that is far removed from us, and it is something that we've heard time and time again from Indigenous people. And we know that this is an unthinkable trauma that Canada must acknowledge, and we must play an active role in reconciliation in our everyday lives. This Canada Day, we're not celebrating. We're taking the time to listen and learn to be better. We are committed to learning about how to become better supports for Indigenous voices to be heard by our government and the country at large, which has failed them. These children deserved better. Thank you, everyone. Bunga Austin. Should that be my new intro? <laughs> do it. Maybe How next week do that, actually. How are you, Austin? I'm totally tubular today myself. 
Radical. <laughs> Radical. Okay. We can do this. We can do this. We can do this. Okay. Beautiful. Beautiful. Hi, Sophia. Welcome back to Bright Young Things, everybody. Hello. Hello, Austin. How are you? I'm not too bad. How are you? I'm okay. I'm good. We have a very exciting episode this week. This week was what I know I say this every time we have a guest, but it was one of the best chats I've ever had. And I really want her to be my best friend now. She was so cool. I'm only mildly jealous. <laughs> well, this week we got to talk to Aisha from the Canadian Book Network, um, which is an amazing account. Follow them on Instagram. We've tagged them in this week's post. But essentially, it's a spot for like Canadian book influencers and Canadian publishers to gather to kind of talk and share resources, which I think is really awesome because, um, you know, we like to carve out our own little spot and things. I think she does a great job at doing that. Yeah. So without further ado, here's our interview with Aisha. <laughs> I'm so excited. We have Aisha from the Canadian Book Network with us. And I'm over the moon because I've been obsessed with this account ever since I've come across it on Instagram. So thank you so much for coming. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I'm really glad to be here and chatting with both of you. Um, I was super excited when um, you sent a message over to invite me over on to your podcast. Um, so I'm here to talk about books and answer any kind of questions you might have about what I'm doing on the gram and that sort of thing. It's amazing. I mean, just want to give a quick little intro, like what stuff you like to read and yeah, what kind of you like. For sure. So I'll just do the quick about me. Um, I work in publishing, so that's kind of how I really got into books. Well, I got into books before that and decided what better way to work with books than to do um, go into publishing and do that. Um, in my spare time, I am a big reader of speculative fiction, fantasy, sci-fi, that type of um, realm. But I do kind of read around, but I'm a big fiction fan in general. Um, and yeah, I started the Canadian Book Network because I felt like, um, in Canada at least, uh, we kind of get bombarded by American media a lot of the time. That includes um, regulations and programs for influencers, especially book influencers. So I thought, you know, being in publishing and being kind of on both sides of things, being a reader and, you know, working in publishing, I kind of got a more of a bird's eye view of like how the influencer um, programs kind of work. And um, I work specifically in publicity. So I had a lot of experience kind of, you know, just seeing that side of things, working with influencers from the other side. So I kind of wanted to maybe provide a little bit of information on how to access um, you know, influencer programs or get review copies and that sort of thing. That's amazing. And that's so true. I feel like there's so much room on Bookstagram. We're relatively new to it. I feel like we've been there for like a year now, but there's so many handy guides for like the UK or America. And it's like, you're so right. There's such a big gap there that I've really noticed where I know we have like maybe three or you probably know more than me but how many like major publishing mm -hmm. companies we have here but um I do feel like there is like a little bit of a gap and people do want to know how to interact with them more yeah I mean we have a lot of, we have the multinational publishers and I think that's where a lot of the confusion happens is 
the following regulations for the U.S. branches of our multinationals. But I kind of wanted to spread a bit more information because I think it's a bit of a myth that publishers aren't willing to work with um, Canadian influencers. Um, on the multinational level, there's like obviously such a huge corporate process for doing those things. But I really wanted to connect people with more independent publishers in Canada because there's such an opportunity to do reviews and get books and work with them really um, like closely. And I feel sometimes that because people don't know about these publishers or they're not as well known that these opportunities are kind of being missed. Um, so I guess, well, obviously working uh, with multinationals like is really fun and prestigious and everything. Uh, I think such a good way to grow your platform is to really like look out for those in indie publishers because they're so kind. Even just starting this um, book network, like I had maybe like 200 followers my first month. And honestly, I had, I emailed um, maybe four, five, six indie publishers and all of them sent me books and were so happy to work with me. So this whole, um, you need followers to get books from publishers, I think is a little bit, um, I guess it depends on who you're looking for books from, right? You might not get noticed by a multinational, but there's a huge opportunity to really um, work with those indie publishers and such a great opportunity that way to get exposed to more Canadian literature and um, really promote it. That's amazing. I feel like more inspired just after listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like an insider's perspective. Um, uh, I guess like circling back. So you started this, I, I don't know how recently actually, but wh why did you start it? Like, I guess you've kind of spoken about it a little bit, but was there any like defining moment that was like, you were like, oh, wait a second, like I should do this. Yeah. Um, so it's actually a really recent thing. I started it maybe two and a half, two months ago, not even. So you found me quite soon after I'd started it, but it was, I received a lot of support from people yeah. um, really quickly. And I think the most, like, what I really wanted to do was create a space for influencers. I'm not there to necessarily give book reviews or give my own opinion on what's going on. I can, I feel like sometimes maybe it's a bit helpful for me to give my opinion because I have a little bit of knowledge on the other side or how to access things. But obviously, I kind of want to leave it to the reviewers to do the book reviews. Um, I'm just kind of there. My intention was to kind of be a middle person to connect people with more opportunities um, and maybe promote books that people don't know about so that way they can go get a review copy and do the review themselves, um, that type of thing. So my page is definitely not for book reviews and it was never really intended to be that way. Um, we do a lot of like feedback um, uh, pieces on there. So I always wanna kind of hear what's kind of hindering people from accessing things um, where there's kind of gaps in knowledge on things, um, where people are getting review copies right now, kind of just like the current state of what's going on. Um, and yeah, so that was kind of the intention. I think the defining um, period was, um, I work at a publisher and I saw like how much confusion there was even just like coming into my <laughs> box of like, what do I do? And so I was like, this is, you know, and, and I don't blame anyone because unless you work in publishing, how are you going to know that information? It's so <laughs> exactly like how I can't get mad at influencers for not knowing how to write a perfect email because each publisher has a completely different program yeah. and not knowing the intricacies of, uh, you know, their process. 
especially when publishers don't always make it clear what that process is. So I was kind of like, okay, there's so much confusion. Maybe it would be a little bit more helpful. And on the publisher side, there's always this excuse of, we don't have the resources to find more people. Um, We don't have the resources to find influencers. And so my following list is exclusively Canadian influencers. I don't follow anyone except Canadian influencers and publishers. So that way um, there's not really an excuse to not have access. You can click my following list and you'll have access to hundreds of Canadian influencers of varying sizes. I've um, reviewed various different types of genres. And um, on top of that, like, I just wanted it to be a little bit more accessible on that end. We do the um, influencer intros. Um, so I have that on there where everyone has basically stated what kind of books they like, um, what their kind of account is about. So while you know there is a little bit more work to be done on the publisher side, I think it's just like one step closer to making everything a bit more accessible on both ends. Yes. I mean, That's like, all really amazing. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> true and I think that like that's initially I remember talking to Austin about this like this account felt very unique in the fact that you're right it is a space dedicated to that connection element Mm -hmm. and that's so powerful because I feel like I was talking to another bookstagram account and she said oh yeah like I can always tell when a bookstagrammer is Canadian because they put the flag in the bio (laughs) (laughs) you, you need a space to congregate and like that I feel like is your account for sure it's just so great. Like what an awesome concept. And it's so reassuring to know that someone on the other side of the email understands if you're like rambling, like you don't know how to ask because you're right. It is hard to get those pieces. Yeah, exactly. I think um, that's why I kind of was like, I really want to follow everybody back, but I have a, have a reasoning as to why I only follow back Canadian influencers that are like explicitly Canadian um, so that I can verify that that's where they live just because um, there's a it's like a whole thing that I don't want to get into because it's very complicated but with terms of book rights and being able to send out copies and like where publishers have rights in certain territories um, sometimes they're requesting U.S. books and it becomes a little bit confusing and then there's a bit of frustration Um, I kind of plans for the future is to hopefully do a little bit of a Q&A with either some publishing professionals or agents to maybe explain how the right system works a bit more, just because I think um, knowledge is kind of power on that end where you can understand like why a publisher can't send you this book um, and like who to be asking for it, uh, et cetera. So yeah, I had a, a thing where I was like, okay, I'm gonna just follow back Canadian influencers and that would probably kind of speed up the process because I know where I work, we cannot send books to anyone that isn't in Canada um, just because of rights issues. So just as like a quick example, like for a multinational, mm-hmm. let's say Simon & Schuster has, Canada has rights only in Canada, mm-hmm. but an American influencer is requesting a book from us. Right us vaguely I don't work at Simon and Schuster Um, but uh you know and they and they have to say no and then people get kind of frustrated like why aren't you why don't you want to send me a book and it's like because then I'll be stepping on the toes of Simon and Schuster U.S. right because there's some some other publicist and some other team in the U.S. that's responsible for the same book 
So it's just kind of explaining those intricacies um, just in a way that people can kind of get it because it is very complicated. And even working in publishing, like every day I ask, like, can I send this book to somebody? And they're like, I don't know. Let me check with this other person, right? So even we don't really know what's going on sometimes. I'm glad that the red tape of it all isn't just for one side. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's honestly every day I learn something new because um, even just working at multinationals is very complicated. I think that's why I say go with Canadian indie publishers is because they don't have that huge issue of like, who has rights where, like, it's just, they publish within Canada, they publish Canadian authors, okay. exclusively Canadian authors, and that makes it more simple, um, much more simple that way. So I would say definitely, like, it's a win-win situation. You get to review Canadian books, and you don't have to jump through a million hoops of, like, my email got lost because the employee who received my email is verifying 153 things. And after they do that, they find out that they can't send me the book. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was a very good example, and that makes me worry that you have to deal with that a lot. <laughs> Sorry, that doesn't sound fun. <laughs> it's not so bad, I think. It's okay. really it's 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 fun when you do get to kind of work with people, and um, I know even just on the receiving end of like getting those those books is so exciting. We love book mail, so um, whenever I can and I'm able to send people books, I'm always like yes. So I'm always like. Influencers, please don't attack me if I can't send it to you. I actually really love sending people books and I can send them to you, then I 100% will. God, that is the kindest book story, like a disclaimer I've ever heard in my life. You're granting wishes and you're apologizing when you can't. So funny. I'm sure you've had a lot of really cool like experiences and like really interesting characters you've run into. Do you have any like really standout ones? Honestly, I think like the really standout experiences I've had has been with the indie publishers that I've been working with. Um, I kind of sent emails wondering like if they would even respond to me because at that point I was so new and I was like, okay, I've only been here for one week. I have no proof of engagement or following. Um, but obviously buying tons of books to just promote is a lot for anybody so I kind of took a leap of faith and I said I would trust them and they did they sent me a lot and so many of them were so happy to work with me in the future to run like giveaways or you know just run any kind of like contests or programming so it was really awesome and I totally recommend like any publishers that I featured so far on my Instagram definitely go work with them because they're quite kind and um awesome like all of them have been really awesome I had a bit of a at an advantage where I worked with the word on the street Toronto before um, and so I had a chance to help um, set up stores and booths for these publishers and so they had a bit of an idea of who I was when I came into their inbox which did give me a little bit of a uh, edge there um, but it was kind of like I'm asking for a bunch of free books and I have 150 followers please take a chance on me yeah, yeah. so um, but they they had no hesitation it was great I received responses really quickly um, and I always have the same people like who really participate in all the kind of stuff that I post like always participating in the giveaways or even just the feedback or replying to stories or giving book recommendations and I love it so much like that's really why the page is there so when people engage it is always a standout moment because I think 
that's what it's there for. I would feel really bad if no one was engaging with it because I'm like, I'm creating a space for you and I hope that it's doing something. Um, and when people get feedback that something was really helpful to, to them is, um, makes me very happy. I'm like, okay, good. (laughs) No, I can so see that. And that's like leading into like the next few questions I had, because I absolutely adore the features that you do. They're awesome. And they're so intentional at like creating space for it. Like, um, like BIPOC or like LGBTQ2IA plus members of like the Canadian bookstagram community. And like, I just kind of wanted to know, did you like have that in mind when you were first starting as like a spotlight to interact with people? Yeah, hundred um, percent. Even working again on the side of publishing, there's this, again, this idea of, oh, we don't know where to find people. We don't know where to find, um, you know, reviewers of color we don't know where to find you know queer reviewers and it's like okay let me help you (laughs) um right so and all you have to do is ask because obviously like there's so many reviewers who are so generous with their time who are willing to do reviews for in exchange for a copy and I said why aren't we taking advantage of that you know and what like all you have to do is ask um so and so many people are great in terms of being willing to disclose their identities I obviously am like there are people who are not comfortable doing that and I totally respect that but but for people who are open to it and are actively like looking for those opportunities um to review stories about communities that they belong to I think it's important that we put the effort in to really seek them out so I created a specific spotlight um for these influencers because I felt like it was important to distinguish these things um so, for example, if you're a publisher putting out a book um, about, you know, a queer character, for example, like, you know, that's something you should probably consider when you're looking for who is going to be reviewing this book. You know, you want it to have reviews by people who belong to the same community. And of course, no one wants to be tokenized. So it's not there. So you if you're a BIPOC influencer, you're only going to get BIPOC stories. That's not what it's there for. It's there so that um first of all so you can grow your account because so many times people get overlooked like marginalized influencers get overlooked completely and I'm well aware of that but also so that we're connecting people with stories that they um see themselves represented in and I feel like they could give a more accurate review I feel like the review definitely holds more weight absolutely yeah just like phenomenal I feel like so many features that you've done have like inspired us to follow different accounts that I'm like this is what I was looking for this entire time (laughs) it's just like it's so nice it's so nice to like I mean obviously like like the other person was saying like when you see the Canadian flag in the bio you're like okay awesome but it's like that feels like a rare like oh like a nice chance encounter but this is like such an intentional way of just kind of like seeking out like your specific communities within the Canadian sphere which I love yeah, I really, enjoy, I really like the fact that I go on my feed and my, I, all I see is Canadian influencers. That's yeah. it. I don't see anybody <laughs> else. And I'm like, I love that. <laughs> so good. It's so good. Um, and then I guess like just in general, like what has your experience been like on Bookstagram? Like, was there, did, did you kind of like find this after you went into publishing or was it more of like a natural, like you just kind of found it while you're on? No, I, I have been getting my book recommendations from socials probably since ever um and 
online spaces is definitely where I live in terms of book racks and even just discussing books. So, um, like I know a lot of people turn to traditional media, maybe older audiences, but I don't want to generalize. Um, and while I do use CBC, which is fantastic, and I use, and occasionally like I'll find book recommendations there, I'm much more likely to trust people that I follow. Yes. Um, just because you know you can tell when someone has a very similar reading taste to you, um, and most of the time, like there's there are sponsored posts, but a lot of influencers are not sponsored, especially Canadian influencers. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, you just have a little bit more element of trust with um, on that regard. So I definitely have always kind of geared towards it. I am kind of more ancient. So I um, used BookTube a lot when I was in my teen years. Yeah. And I think that has developed now into a bookstagram slash book talk um, rep. End of things, which is which is great, and I love seeing new um, book spaces kind of open up on each platform that we see. Totally, yeah, I love the evolution. I feel like it's similar to like, like the human evolution thing when people exactly. Talk. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, that's a great point. I mean, like I feel the same way. I feel like maybe I was like more of a traditional media person, but like you were mentioning before, like. It, it is true, like, when you go to, like, a Canadian page and, like, yeah, they might have books from all over the world. That's awesome. But it's also, like, this is a person who's curated this out of, like, their passion for reading themselves. Like, it's just there. And it's, like, it's so nice to navigate that and just see what other people are reading and interact that way. I know. And they're honest, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, you know, like, it's not like, I mean, rarely are you going to go on the Globe and Mail and see someone trashing a book, right? Like, if they just don't <laughs> like it, they're not going to post about it. Yeah. And, you know, I feel that people are going to spend money on books, which they're not cheap. No. Um, they deserve, like, an honest opinion. And obviously, there's a space for everything. And I think traditional media obviously does its job. Yeah. But I think having a space where people can go to to get those honest reviews and having just like that exist is also important too so I guess it really just depends on what you're looking for like if you're really looking for is this worth my money mm -hmm. um Instagram is a great place to figure that out <laughs> so true. I love back have you have you experimented with any other platforms other than the Instagram or has that been your main one um so in terms of running, so this is actually my first bookstagram account. So I'm a bit of a lurker. So I would lurk accounts. Um, and that was what I was doing, just getting book racks and watching from afar. Um, but keeping always a keen eye on like trends and what was going on. Um, I don't, I dabbled in book talk, but mostly so I could um, figure out how to use TikTok and make them because I am kind of moving towards like video content, even just like in my own professional job of creating social media content um, for books. So my dabble on TikTok was not necessarily to build a platform. It was genuinely like, I need to figure out how to make a TikTok. <laughs> um, and, but I do have like a book account, which has like maybe three or four TikToks of me attempting to book talk and the rest is me following people just to keep an eye on things and see what's going on. Um, and then I have a book Twitter, but it's not actually a book Twitter. It's devolved into a personal Twitter with like random <laughs> tweets. 
you know how it goes. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so that is this current state of my book socials, but, um, definitely most of my effort in terms of like actually scheduling things and like putting out purely bookish content is on Instagram. Amazing. That kind of funnels into another question I had. Do you feel like you've noticed any trends emerging in Canadian publishing specifically? Ooh. I know it's kind of hard. It's kind of something that puts you on the spot. (laughs) No, no worries. I guess I don't know. I feel like, um, especially recently, I really um, think it's important uh, to see how much Indigenous literature has been be is being put onto my feed, and even being promoted in traditional media. It sucks that it has to come with the with the tragedy, and that people weren't really paying attention to Indigenous literature as much as they should have been before the last maybe four weeks. But I think that is really important regardless. And so I'm really happy about that. Also, obviously, it's June, which I think is Indigenous like yeah. Culture Month. Um, sorry if I got the wording wrong, but it's or Indigenous Heritage Month or something, something like that, something of the sort. But um, yeah, so I'm glad to see that. Um, obviously, right now it's Pride Month too. So loving all of that on my feed. It's been a really good month of seeing things. In general, in terms of trends, um, honestly, I think this is a global trend, but I, I've been really fascinated by TikTok and how it is causing a resurgence of backlist titles. And there has always been this myth, I think, in even selling any product that socials don't translate to sales or like clicks don't translate to sales. And TikTok really said, screw that. Yes. It does. Um, and so you can look at the bestseller and see two or three books that you see on TikTok everywhere. And that's kind of wild to me. And I mean, maybe I haven't been paying attention to Bookstagram enough, but I don't think Bookstagram has held as much weight in terms of actually selling books as TikTok does. I think you're so right. I mean, like I've noticed a few authors that we follow have made like little jokey introduction book talks where they're like, my yeah. publisher said I need this. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I think if, if you if you can if you can get your book to be one of those book talk darling books like <laughs> book talk darling, I love this. <laughs> it, yeah, like it would like you are gonna sell books because I I followed victim to book talk one too many times <laughs> and I started buying all kinds of books I was seeing on there and I was like I don't know what this is doing to me because I'll see a review on Bookstagram and I was like that's cool like maybe I'll add it to my list and I'll see a book on book talk and I was like I have to get this book right now and I'm like I don't know what is so hypnotizing about TikTok but it honestly is like I don't know it's like you know when you when Americans used to go to Target and be like I have to go to Target and buy everything I feel like that's TikTok is like the virtual (laughs) Target where I'm like I have to buy everything that I see on this app 100% I I love that example of I forget the author and it's going to bother me, but she released one where, have you seen that trend where they like narrate the TikTok, like it's happened to them, but it's really about like, yeah. and they, like people thought she actually like was still with her husband who had murdered a mistress. And what? she had to make several TikToks afterwards being like, hi, like this is my book. It's not real. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's the bad thing about TikTok is like that one video will go viral and no yes. one will watch the other ones that are like, no, this was fake. Um, and then you have a whole problem on your hands. But that's, yeah. that is, 
I love that trend. I, when I first saw it, I thought it was awesome. Um, People are so creative and I, I really, I really love that. Um, I would have never thought to have made something like that. I was like, whoever started that trend, like 10 out of 10. Yeah. So good. I mean, I guess that's a case of like, no publicity is bad publicity, but I'm sure her husband was like, (laughs) did not expect that. (laughs) The cops are about to show up at my door. Leak the video. (laughs) too good oh man um and then I guess too like do you think that influencers have a role in making like Canadian reading more known I feel like like I've come across a few accounts like that where like they make TikToks or something but then there's like a specific intentional space of like you know when you're watching a movie with someone and they're like oh that actor's Canadian and they have to say it like it's like a must like there's something about like influencers like that like I don't know where I'm trying to go with this question even. I'm just so excited about it. But do you feel like (laughs) they are good at like really highlighting Canadian content specifically? Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is there are a lot of influencers that I see that read a lot of, I I would say actually a majority of Canadian books. Mm -hmm. It kind of is, I think it's a bit, it puts influencers in a bit of a tough position because if your goal is really to build a big following it's honestly really hard to do that on reviewing only Canadian books like you have to review all the hot titles um that people want to know about and read about because everyone's reading them and mm, obviously 70 percent of the time it's not a Canadian book right so you can't cut your (laughs) cut your content by you know 70 percent um so I would say there are a lot of people who either review a lot of Canadian books and say, screw that, I don't care. I'm just going to read what I want to read. And they're awesome. And there's a lot of people who do a great job of balancing, Mm -hmm. um, you know, taking international reads or U.S. reads and kind of balancing that out with Canadian books, too. I think at least from the fact that people follow my account, uh, they obviously care a lot about Canadian books. And so I can't can't ever sit here and say that they don't because otherwise I would have zero followers. Um, but yeah, they're, they, I think it's really awesome. I see a lot of it. I honestly am always like, please tag me and stuff because sometimes I scroll past posts and I like, don't even realize that it's a Canadian author. Cause yeah. you know, myth dispelled here. I don't know every Canadian book. Ever, <laughs> so, um, off the top of my head. So and then sometimes I'm just scrolling and I don't have time to like Google every book that I see and make sure that it's a Canadian book, um, which is another thing is I only repost Canadian content just because I feel like that's what my audience is really looking for. So um, as much as I love to promote all Canadian influencers, I can only repost their Canadian stuff. Um, so I'm always like tag me in it because sometimes I'm like, I'll go through and like and comment on everything in terms of resharing Then I have to make sure it's Canadian just because otherwise people are going to read it and be like, this is not a Canadian book. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think they do a really great job and it's good to see like such a community of people um, on Bookstagram really caring. I think once they have better access to indie publishers too, there might be a little bit less kind of frustration there. Cause I understand it's like, please send it. <laughs> like I want it. So yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That's a really good point. I feel like I've definitely scrolled past people like Mona Awad, who I did not know was Canadian. I just assumed she was American for some reason. I don't know why. Um, but there's because a lot of, 
ya All's Well is coming out, I think, in yeah. August. So everyone drop that on your list. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and you can, I guess, bug Penguin Random House Canada for a copy of that book if you so desperately want. <laughs> I think um, a lot of us will. <laughs> yeah. So, and hopefully it doesn't fly into the abyss, but you never know with yeah. big publishers. But regardless, I think it's going to be a good one. Um, but yeah, totally that, like, there's so many authors, even now, like, I'm learning, even as I make this page, about new Canadian authors all the time. Yeah. Um, I love when people, I, like, I love getting those book recommendations, like, I do them every Wednesday, and I love getting them, because then I have stuff to add to my list. It's not like I get them, and I'm like, oh, I know all of these books. <laughs> like, it's like, no, this is awesome, and I'm glad that people are are sharing them. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we've all had that conversation before where we ask about like Canadian authors and everyone says, oh, Margaret Atwood. And then yeah. it's a mic drop and everyone's like, and, um, and then everyone looks like really confused and, yeah. and they're like, and uh, oh, I know. And then it's like that thing of like, sometimes I feel like we're not paying attention or being like intentional about it, um, but I'm really trying to do that more. So It's hard because you have to really like go look, right? Yeah. And I mean... If you really want to read Canadian, it's like you got to be CBC honestly makes like really great book lists. Like I always recommend people going because I've gone there and like there'll be like 30 Canadian books to read this summer. And I'm like, fantastic. Right. Because I feel like I'm like Indigo. When are you going to make a Canadian category on your website? Website. (laughs) It would make my life so much easier because even me when I'm like looking for new releases, Yes. I have to go through and search every single little book to make sure <laughs> that it's Canadian um, or I like go through CBC or other means. But honestly, I'm like, please, Indigo, you're Canadian. Make a Canadian, make a Canadian category. If you're listening, Heather. <laughs> yes. Shout out Heather. Heather's pick. We pick for the Canadian. <laughs> um, that's iconic. I 100% agree. Like the idea of it is like I definitely have gone through manually too searching for like different challenges where they're like oh like pick an author from your hometown or something and I'm always just like I don't have like a a real good idea of it but I think that CBC and like luckily our local libraries are pretty good at curating that list too <laughs> so they do the hard work <laughs> signing up it's like signing up for like the right newsletters and doing yeah. all that. but again it's like that is work like that takes yeah. times and some people are just like give me a book and let me read it you know they don't want to do all of that and you know respect that totally yeah that. yeah I mean there's no pressure either way totally right in terms of book content do you find like a Canadian piece of work needs to sit or fulfill like certain requirements like, have to be set in Canada or just written by like by Canadian published in Canada um written by Canadian published in Canada okay um, yeah just like I'm okay with people telling, because honestly, that's another thing is you have, again, people with really rich experiences all over the world. And like, I'm not going to not promote a Canadian, like, let's say a Chinese Canadian author because their story is about their time, like, or their immigration story. And it's not necessarily set in Canada for 90% of the book, right? Like, I just think I don't really want to gatekeep that idea of like Canadian identity and um, what stories are important to Canadians. So I think um, I've kind of just brushed it to Canadian authors published in Canada. It's amazing. <clears throat> I think that's 
a super good definition. I mean, like we, I forget like what even course this is years ago, but like in our program, we were talking about like the CRTC and their regulations on certain things. And um, I know that there's like that maple categorization for like music and film, I think. God, I am butchering this, but essentially it's like, oh, like you get points, which like you can get like tax deductions or like certain things if you're producing. And it's like, oh, like is the musician Canadian? Is the content creator Canadian? Is it set in Canada? And like, it's all this like point system. It's really interesting. And I, I always feel like, I don't know, like I always think too in the context of like my parents are not from here, like they came to Canada. And so like that identity is like super fresh for a lot of people. And so it's like so nice that you get to hear like, again, like you were saying, like a vast variety of different stories. Exactly. Not everyone grew up in, you know, <laughs> a little Canadian town and only has a Canadian story to tell. Right. So I think um, <clears throat> I think it's just better to play on the safe side. And um, I try to make it as general as possible so that people can get a really wide perspective of things. Um, and I think limiting that to like stories only signed Canada might be hard. Yeah, it might be difficult. Yeah. <laughs> so I try to keep that in mind. It's honestly really, it, I thought about that a lot um, when I was making those kind of decisions and even like creating like a Canadian book account. I made a post about this recently, especially with all the revelations recently about residential schools. And so even though I like identify as a Canadian book account, like I said, it's mostly because of those rules and regulations and rights right. rather than like, this is what Canada like means, right? Or this is what we stand for. I'm like, I'm not here to make a statement on that. This is purely geographical right now. Yes. Um, and that is really the point of what I was trying to do. Um, yeah. But yeah, so it, I had to really think about that, especially when writing, uh, when focusing on BIPOC influencers, because obviously how am I going to force like an indigenous creator to identify as Canadian in order to qualify to be on my page? Um, I would never ever um, say it like take away someone's right to resist or refuse Canadian identity. I think it's really important that they identify the way that they would like to. And so I try to make that as clear as possible when um, running even like BIPOC um, influencer spotlights, just because just because someone doesn't identify as Canadian, doesn't mean they're not welcome on my page. It's, really just about like do you live in what is now known as Canada yes. aka can you receive books from publishers yes that's basically it <laughs> a really good like distinction as well because I feel like a lot of us are looking to decolonize like our bookshelves and I've noticed like a more <laughs> I'm gonna say this this is like the buzzword of the episode but a more intentional <laughs> like output from CBC in terms of highlighting indigenous authors like I know Thomas King is technically American, Indigenous, and Canadian. He lives in Guelph. Mm -hmm. He publishes here, but he's on CBC lists because he's on this geographic setting. So I think stuff like that is really interesting. And like, I do like the commitment to be better and kind of destabilize what we expect from Canadian literature. I feel like that's been, you know, something that people have been working on for a long time, but it's like, there's slow inklings of change coming down the line, hopefully. So yeah, identity is really complicated, right? And so I wanted to make a space that was, I want to put people into, I don't want to really pigeonhole what it means to live here and like live on this territory and, you know, or even just like hold people back from being able to participate in my account. Okay. Um, because that's 
literally the opposite of what I'm setting out to do. Like I'd really like to highlight indigenous creators or highlight um, people who maybe say like, you know, I don't identify as Canadian because, you know, identify as Canadian, like that's a really subtler identity. So um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's something that I try to be conscious of with whatever I create that, you know, I think whatever way people choose to identify is extremely their decision. And I would not want to keep them um, from participating in anything. Just like the nuances of it. And I feel like that's a very graceful approach and very like open to a lot of things, which I feel like is the right move right now. Like with everything going on, (laughs) so many perspectives. hundred percent. Yeah. I think, yeah, people that's, it's always so complicated. I, yeah. And I really thought about that too. I was, and I try to make it really obvious because I think when people see like, Oh, Canadian book network, it's like, what does that mean? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I want to make it clear to people, um, what it really means. And that doesn't mean that, you know, this account is founded on the pride of like colonialism because, I myself am a person of color. Like, trust me, I do not take pride in colonialism yeah. whatsoever. Um, and yeah, so there there needs to be that distinction. I think it's really kind of a responsibility to make that distinction, um, especially if you want to advertise yourself as like a safe space for all creators. Yes, so true. Um, and then jumping back into publishing, what do you feel like you wish people knew about it? <laughs> Gosh, so many things, <laughs> and I have to be, I have to toe this because I still work in publishing and I yeah. don't want to say too much. Um, I want to say that so much has changed with COVID-19 um, in terms of the processes of receiving advanced copies, and our teams are not as strong as the U.S. teams, and I really wish people had that in mind. Like, we don't have the manpower that U.S. teams do. And so, and like, we don't have the numbers that U.S. teams do or the money that U.S. teams do. And so I really want people to keep in mind, and this is not like me siding with the corporations. No. I, like, you know, there are always like people behind the screens. Like I worked as an intern for the last six months and fully the amount of like <laughs> stuff that I would receive. And it's like, this is kind to each other because you know, the people that you're going to be emailing to receive these things are not the people in charge. Um, They're not the ones making the decisions. They are doing the best that they can with the rules that they have. And, um, you know, a lot of times there's not always a really clear cut process and they're not the ones who can make a clear cut process because they just don't have the power to do so. So sometimes they're kind of just like at the mercy of whatever's happening in the company and they can't explain that all to you. So, just trust that people are really doing the best that they can um, with the tools that they have and the resources that they have. Um, and the people that you're going to be in contact with are not the people you could ever be angry with because trust me, I'm like, if I could just send everyone a book, I actually would, but I can't sometimes. <laughs> and I think it's like that for, for a lot of people. And it's, and I don't blame anyone for not knowing that. Um, but even the same thing with, in terms of like, when you're angry with publishers, like tweeting at their social accounts or, Blasting them, I'm like, it's usually underpaid, um, young, and often marginalized people who work those jobs, right? So something to really keep in mind about who you're, like, where you're directing your ire is a big, um, big thing. Not that, okay, I'm making it sound like everyone <laughs> is, is really mean, but no, I think even just frustration or 
being like, why doesn't this make sense? Um, you know, sometimes it doesn't even make sense to the person that has to tell you what, what's happening. Um, sometimes that's just like the way the cookie crumbles for them. So I think, yeah, just keeping that in mind. Um, I also just think that the process for receiving advanced copies have drastically changed where even where I work and I think in general, I know that a lot of people think maybe it's a lie that they're not printing advanced copies right now. It's not a lie. There's a lot of books that are not receiving advanced copies. Um, and so when you're constantly emailing and asking for an advanced copy and it doesn't exist, um, oh, no. <laughs> it, and again, you know what? I, I, I honestly wouldn't put it past people to be like, oh, sorry, I just don't want to give it to you. So I'm going to tell you that we don't have any. Um, so I get that. But I can say on the insider's tip, it's, <laughs> it's true. Everything you hear is true. Um, and e-copies, friends, I request e-copies. They're okay. Um, if you can, I know some people who are who have obviously some print um, disabilities, and so they need printed copies, potentially like large print copies, and that's a whole other issue. But if you're able to read e-copies, that is always your best bet, and I would always request them. And they're they don't cost a lot to the publisher either, so you're much more likely to get them. Amazing, so good. I love the insider scoops. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's so official now. Um, and then my last kind of big question is, do you have any like favorite Canadian authors that are like your go-to? Okay, I had to write them down because I that can always comes up. But um, so I have like Sylvia Moreno Garcia is like a huge because obviously I'm a speculate fan, so how can I not love Sylvia? Like she's awesome and she does really really great um, panels. Like sometimes it's not even about the books. I'm just a really big fan of the author because I think they do a lot of or they say a lot of things or do panels where I think they talk about a lot of rich topics and I'm really interested in what they have to say. Um, Lawrence Hill, Ian Williams, JL Richardson, Suvakam, who else? Let's see. Kinesia uh, Lubrin, Vivek, um, Desmond Cole. You know, I kind of read around everywhere. I read the big names and I'm getting more into some lesser known books now that I have been working with some indie publishers more. And so, you know, I think that list is probably going to not change, but grow really soon to include um, maybe less exposed Canadian authors. Oh, cool. I'm so happy you said that because this is next on my TBR. <laughs> yes. Okay. You have to read what you think. Post a review. <laughs> so excited. It's been it's been on my list for a while. So oh my God, she's awesome, and she 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 if you like hear her speak, she spoke um at Fold and really gave such a great um like just discussion with a, a bunch of other authors about some really important topics. So I always recommend just like checking out her panels because they're so good. Um, yeah, and she she talks about a lot of important things. But yeah, the books are awesome. I love the way she kind of um jumps from genre to genre um like i think she's releasing a noir very mm -hmm. soon and that's awesome i just love the way she kind of like it's so hard to find an author that does really well at switching things up yes um sometimes it's like they have i don't want to call them a one-trick pony because that makes them sound like they're not talented but like they they're like a really good at what they do and yes you know, maybe aren't as great as branching out, but she does a great job of like mixing it up. And I think it's awesome. She hits the mark almost every time. Can't wait. Yeah. I'm so excited to start that one. Can't wait. 
yeah okay I really want to know what you think <laughs> <laughs> like an impromptu book club I love it yeah I exactly if you're, everyone if you're reading this if you haven't read Mexican Gothic pick it up it's and we'll, we'll we'll reconvene in two weeks <laughs> I, love it. I was like explaining like the back cover to um my grandmother and like she's Latina and she was like oh like is, is it in Spanish and I was like no <laughs> like, I'm not that free right now but thank you <laughs> I'm like 99% sure there's there is a Spanish version if she ever is interested in reading that I might pass that along to her I'm sure she'll appreciate it (laughs) well thank you so much Austin do you have any last questions I just want to know what's next for you Aisha like oh I don't know honestly I'm kind of just winging it I know I'm going to be running like more giveaways and they're not just like yes um (laughs) and I don't, and I don't know about book talk. We'll see if I get into, we'll see if I get into that. Maybe I'll just continue to be an observer. Um, but yeah, you can, you can bet that things are going to happen. However, I'm more of a play it by ear situation. I like to really take feedback first, and then that's why I don't like to schedule things so far in advance. Um, just to, just to keep on top of what everybody actually wants and if people are like we hate this then I'm like well I won't be doing that anymore (laughs) yeah (laughs) you can tell you're amazing at your job I mean I feel like that's like the publicity element like you're always like on the fly like good for you that's awesome yeah the you know that is just me trying to put a positive spin on my um horrible habit of procrastination (laughs) it's a success skill it's a success skill it's a you're waiting to see the pulse yeah always always got to keep a finger on the pulse right <laughs> yeah. well, I want to know what's up with um both of you and kind of maybe what you are both looking for and what maybe you enjoy about it um this is not you don't need to compliment me this is honest feedback session because I would love to hear it I mean, uh, where to begin? I feel like if I was here fangirling about your account, like we would be here for another half an hour. (laughs) I just love it. I think that like, um, again, coming from like a place of like, I'm the first generation on both sides of my family to be born here. So I'm very passionate about kind of like exploring what the Canadian quote unquote identity is like in terms of like you're here on this territory. And so I was like going into your account, like I'm so happy about what I think is the main thing is that we're all looking for that community and we're all looking to come together to discuss things with things around us. And that's not to say like, I don't enjoy like books from around the world. I do. I love it. But there's something to say about like having an author from like two towns over come to do a signing. Like when like we had um, Ruby Core come cause she went to the university of Waterloo and she came back and she was like at our local like Indigo. And we were like, oh my gosh, like it's it's one of us. She's here. She's a legend. <laughs> and it's just so nice. I always forget she's Canadian. Right? And it's just like, <laughs> because cause she's incredible. And I feel like we don't often think about like, oh, like a best-selling poet who's like an hour away from us. Sure. Like, <laughs> what are you going to say? Like, it's incredible. Exactly. But I just love that your account like really showcases all of that. Like, I feel like that's so powerful to like bring people together. Yeah, I love everything that you're doing in the page. It's like it's really inspiring for Canadian content creators. I think so too. A platform like that to share their stuff onto. Yeah. And like like you were saying, like I feel like you offer such a unique perspective because you're in that space where you identified the gap. You were like, oh, this is preventing people from coming together or just like knowing what's next and like how to approach things. Like 
I, I'm going to be honest until like three months ago, I didn't know how to write those emails. I was so nervous, like sending one and just being like, oh, what do people normally say? Like, I'm not so sure. And then you look up tips online and it's like from people like asking like, like Harlequin, like US, like for something. And like, I'm sure they have a bigger budget to just send things out. Whereas like, maybe it's different etiquette here. I don't know. So well, I don't I will say, don't be shy about asking for books from Big Five. They can afford it. Uh, well, I will say that. Um, but it's a matter of, I think, learning how to craft those emails for sure. That's actually another thing I was going to do, which I thought maybe was a little bit too, I didn't want to be like condescending and be like, email workshop. But I was really like, do you want to know how to contact people? Um, because I will collect that information. Of oh my gosh. That. Um, so I try, to, I try to include tips. I always say, include your address, include everything you could possibly need because people don't have manpower. The back and forth is sometimes you're just more likely to stop getting a response. And so I say, clearly outline what book you want Mm. and not in a huge, like long three paragraph, (laughs) quickly quickly explain what you're about. If you want to include your engagement stats and followers, that's cool too. Then say I'm requesting in its own space, like X book, X book, X book. If you're able to send this to me, here's my address and shipping information and a phone number because sometimes a courier, their packages include your phone number. And then that is probably like, honestly, the best way to do it. Some people have influencer programs. And so obviously before I did a workshop, I would have probably have to contact um, some other publishers and ask them what their process is. Um, But in general, I did that when I was requesting from indie publishers and I got a really great response. And that's how I found it easiest when people were contacting me for books. So I would always recommend um, just as a quick and dirty explanation, that's always like a 10 out of 10 way to do it. Um, But yeah, so try to make it, I always say make it as easy as possible and be really hard to ignore because your request is so simple. Yeah, Uh, And it is really that simple. So um, yeah, but put everything in the first email, everything you could possibly ask for, because I think you, then you get the email and you're like, I have to email them back and then get, wait for it to get their address. And then they have to email their address to me. And then I have to get this and that. And it's just, it's a whole thing. Yeah. A thing. So <laughs> make it a, streamline it, make it as easy as possible. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I think that that's super helpful for anyone to know. And I don't think like an email workshop sounds condescending at all because I would have loved one. And every time I came across one from like someone working at like, again, like a British publisher, I was like, that's amazing. But does it apply for me? Like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, I'll definitely keep that in mind. I always am looking for to see like what people really want to know about. And then I'll, I'm more than happy to put any kind of like information like that out. So, okay. That's good to know. Honestly, if you have like any suggestions about things that you would ever like to know about, I'm all ears. I, I love having an expert around. This is amazing. Okay, I'm, I'm not an expert. I always say that, like, like I, I'm a publishing baby. I still say that. So um, I'm really early into my career. So I don't know everything. And I have a very limited scope because I've only worked at one publisher as well. So I try my best, though, to gather as much information as I possibly can and then compile it because it's hard out here. Yes. I don't know how to email people. Oh. No one does anymore. It's just, especially with COVID, it's just all become something. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> but thank you so much. Um, where can people find you? Because I know that they're going to want to. What's like your social handle? 
Okay, my social handle is Canadian Book Network, but to spell it, it's CDN Book Book Network, not like the full thing. Um, and right now we're only on Instagram, so you can find us there. Maybe one day you'll catch us on Book Talk. Ooh, I'm so excited. <laughs> but you never know. So right now it's um yeah you can find us there, and we run um polls like every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, usually <laughs> if I'm on top of my stuff, but yeah. And we always keep our stuff on highlights. So you can always read back, um, everything that you missed. That's amazing. <clears throat> we'll make sure to put that handle in the episode bio as well. Okay. There. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for chatting with us. This is uh, so good. Yeah. Fun. Thank you. So good. Um, it was very informative. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I hope that anything that I said was helpful. <laughs> no. Everything was. I feel like I got to meet like a celebrity behind the account. So thank you. <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm not a celebrity. We haven't even hit 1K yet. I'm totally not a celebrity. By like tomorrow, you're going to be like viral or something. I'm going to see you on Book Talk for murdering your husband. That's what I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, you never know. Maybe not on Book Talk, maybe just regular TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Too good. <laughs> Thank you so much. Have a good rest of your weekend. Yes, you too. So good to talk to you. Thank you so much for inviting me on here. It's been awesome. Nice to talk to you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you all next week. <laughs>